this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you feel inclined to do so, why don't you go ahead and leave us a five-star review? Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services. Podcast management, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Angie Bauman. Angie is a pastor, Bible teacher, writer, creator of the step-by-step Bible study method, and founder of Steady On Ministries. But you may know her best as the host of the Steady On podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. Welcome to the show, Angie. Tasha, thank you so much for having me on. It's a joy to be here. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much. So, Let's just hop into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Angie. I am a pastor, Bible teacher, podcaster, founder of a ministry called Steady On and creator of a Bible study method called Step by Step. But more than that, really, I am an abuse and trauma survivor who for about 25 years just pushed that part of my story down and away. And after a series of events, including a head-on car crash, the Lord really invited me into a season of healing and looking at that. And I've been a student of the word for a long, long time, but really beginning to invite me to claim his promises, be able to be wise to the enemy's deception and speak promises to those lies and really has brought me in this journey of healing, Tasha. And so I like to say, I'm like, I do these things, but I am this thing, right? Like I am this daughter of the Lord who has really invited me to understand what it means to abide with him and receive his healing through faith. So, um, but I'm also a wife. I, my husband, Matt, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. I have two sons. I know just like earlier this month before we were recording this. Yeah. And uh, I have two sons. One's a fresh, a sophomore in college, a correction. And then one's in eighth grade. And we live in Southern Illinois, uh, home of uh, Southern Illinois university, go dogs. And yeah, yeah, so yeah, I I have a full, but really beautiful, even though slightly messy. Okay, who are we kidding? Kind of crazy, chaotic sometimes. Life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness! Well, congratulations, first of all, because you do not hear that marriage is lasting that long. <laughs> I know. Well, we're kind of like, hey, how have we been married twenty five years when we're only like you know thirty? But it's not, it's not true anymore. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Congratulations. Congratulations. So you wear a variety of hats. You've got, you're a pastor, Bible teacher, writer, and podcaster. So 
How do you manage to juggle all of those responsibilities? Mm, You know, thank you for sending me that question ahead of time, by the way, because I (laughs) loved it. And it made me think about that. Like, how do I do all that? And why do I do all that? And, and we're always, I think I'm always anyway, Tasha, like evaluating because when we do a lot, when we're busy women, I think it's really good to always be like holding things loosely. Like I do a lot and I try not to apologize for that. But at the same time, I try to do everything I do and surrender to the Lord's leading. I'm, you know, with very degrees of success of that. But I think there's a couple of answers to your question. Heart wise, how do I do all that? I am fierce about my time with the Lord. Like it is non-negotiable. I need to spend time with him all the time, connect with him daily, pause throughout the day and reconnect with him. Um, I spend a lot of time in the word. And so that, you know, that's really just kind of central. And am I living my life from Mm -hmm. his direction? Um, Practically, I'm really intentional with my time. I spend time every week blocking time in the next schedule. I have this like little rhythm I do that like once a month I plan sort of like three months out, but then every week I block an hour to plan the next week. Like, so, so I really, I know what time I have and I try to use it very wisely. And so that's kind of a practical thing because I want, you know, I have this rhythm of my own work. Like my family knows I work on Tuesday evenings, but pretty much like the people in my work life know that I only work on Tuesday evenings because the other evenings I protect for my family, you know, so I try to have boundaries, but uh, they're always, they, they're never perfect, unfortunately. Right. And so you're always sure. trying to just, yeah, you're always trying to be like, oh, too much has crept in or, um, or it's time to prune a few things or whatever. So I just try to keep accountable to myself and to the Lord with my time. But then one of the things that I think is really important and how we, any of us, uh, do a lot of things, wear a lot of hats for me has been, the Lord has taught me so much in the past few years about Sabbath and and break and what that means for a long time, because I'm a pastor and I have weekly commitments for worship, you know, on Sunday mornings, I I think I maybe thought that didn't apply to me or maybe pridefully, Tasha, I just felt like, well... Other people might have time for Sabbath, but I don't. I mean, I'm not proud to say these things because I realize now just how like error that way of thinking is. But Mm -hmm. several years ago, the Lord really helped me understand that Sabbath isn't about what you get to do when you get it all done. Sabbath is about surrendering to the instruction from the Lord. Like, you know, he's not saying if you work harder and get it all done, you can take a Sabbath. He's saying here's every, you know, here's the frequency of, or here's the call to stop for a period time regardless, you know? So, um, so I started, I started to practice after we go to church on Sundays and this is just what works for me. I don't do any ministry work. I don't do things that are productive. I don't do laundry. I don't cook. Like my husband and I take walks or we watch movies or, and we just pause it. I don't check email. I'm not on social media, you know, those things. And, um, and, I can't tell you how God redeems that time through the week by my commitment to sacrificing. I don't know if it's even a sacrifice. It's really a gift. So it's not a sacrifice, but committing that time to him or for him um, in that season. So that's kind of a long answer, but I really thought about that when you sent the question. I thought, you know what? I think I come at this from a couple of different ways, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's interesting that you, you mentioned how intentional you are with protecting your time for rest. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how we think that we can get so much more done when we keep going, going, going. But when, you, I, and it's so funny, so much of what you just said resonated with me because 
I noticed when I started being more intentional, pulling back from yes. some of the things that I thought I had to get done right then and there, how much time God freed up in the rest of my schedule. Yes. I, I, it was the craziest thing because yes. I used to be that way too. I was always constantly, and I still have to protect myself from that because I, I can get it. I'm oh. very ambitious, like type A. I'll be the first one. Same. To Same. And I, I just, I've just noticed like, Tasha, you got to slow down. Like yeah. I can tell when I'm getting in that. Yeah. Okay. You got too much on your plate. So yeah, I, that resonates with me so mm-hmm. well. Good. Yeah. Said. Yeah, it's it's been hugely important. And I think, and this will make me emotional, probably what it's done too, it's helped, it's strengthened our marriage so much, my husband and I, because we know we have that time that neither one of us are working because he practices it too. But it also has created this environment for our family that's been really good because the kids Mm -hmm. know we're more approachable. And I think it, we both, my husband and I work hard and we ask our kids to work hard, you know, but there's this like, it creates this rhythm where we don't, we, we work hard. Yes, but there's a time when you don't work hard and that's an important part of being able to work hard and not burn out. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do you go about figuring out what needs to be pruned in order to make sure that you're in a position to take that Sabbath, if you will? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I am learning that I will tell you, you know, yeah. I'm learning to be more tender to the Lord's voice. I, I had a good friend who sent me an email only just a few weeks ago. And I actually emailed her back and told her how important this was, because as the Lord keeps helping me learn this, I'm watching for the way that he's affirming or encouraging me. And she, she's in the middle of a book launch. And I said, how are you doing? Because I know it's a lot. And she said, it is a lot. I'm doing well. And she said this real quickly thing. She said, I've had to say no to things and disappoint some people. And I sat with that sentence for a little while because I tell you what I'd been trying to do and how I wasn't being able to be submissive to his invitation to pruning is because I was trying to say no and not disappoint people. And so therefore, I really wasn't eager to say no to very many things at all, because a lot of times if you say no to something or if you say I did say yes and now I have to say no, which is even harder, people are disappointed with you, in you, about you. And I didn't want to receive that. I didn't want to risk that. But her statement in that, and I felt the Lord really opening my heart to in this season of pruning, just because some people are disappointed with your choice. And this has been really huge for me to be obedient to his invitation, just because something, a no means someone will disappoint, be disappointed, does not make it the wrong thing to do. And you can care about people's disappointment and still be obedient to my call to prune. And so I watch, and and to answer your question, I watch for the ways that he is moving my spirit to consider maybe this doesn't, maybe this is important or worthy, but not essential anymore. My husband helps me make that decision, distinction sometimes because he's asking, he's like, he's like, you're the problem that you have, Ange, is that you're not participating in things that are unworthy. Yeah. And so you're at this hard point where you have to just distinguish between worthy and essential. And so I think that's what I take to the Lord all the time. Is this a worthy? Because worthy things bear fruit. It's hard to disappoint people and cut off a branch that has pretty looking fruit on it, right? That's hard. (laughs) But in this season, he's like, okay, some of those branches, even that are heavy with fruit are going to, are going to go away for right now, because we're going to focus on the things that will bring the best fruit um, and the most fruit. And yeah. And those are the things that he's calling essential. Yeah. Especially later down the road, 
So yes. So now you don't know what that's going to bring in the future. Yes. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because yeah. sometimes I've had to say no to quite a bit this year myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, because it's I not comfortable, at least it, not for it, me. It, no. it, it's not comfortable, but I've gotten much better at it. Um, just because, you know, the yeah. nature of the, the field that I'm in marketing yep. and business and all that stuff. So dealing with contracts and I just, I've gotten better at saying that, but it, you know, it does get, I'll leave you this. It does get a little easier over time, but at the same time, yeah, it, it you have to get past that uncomfortable feeling, but yeah, you know, and I think that like in my life, I feel like God has kind of like raised the stakes where I went through this season where I learned how to say no to the things that I didn't want to do that weren't life-giving that what, you know, yeah. like, so, and then, but now I'm in this season of like, I have to say no to things. I'm like, I want to do that. That could be good. That yep. would be fun. I like you. <laughs> I'd like to partner with you. I'd like to, you know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a different level of yeah. no-ness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Yes. No-ness. I get I just, it. I, get I like it. to make up words when I don't have them. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing that I'm really glad that you didn't say no to, first of all, congratulations are in order. I know you recently celebrated your 200th episode. Yeah. I mean, that is, I know for a fact, that is not an easy feat to pull off as a fellow Mm. podcaster. So I want to know, first of all, what inspired you to create the Steady On podcast, as well as what has kept you going? Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. So I call myself an accidental podcaster. I okay. knew nothing about podcasts and I didn't mean to start a podcast actually, which so uh, right before COVID hit, I was in this writer's group, Flourish Writers. I had these other writer friends that were like releasing books for the first time and stuff. And so I thought, let's just do some lives on my Facebook page. My Facebook page was growing a little bit. And I thought I can be like, hey, look, she wrote this book and we can just talk about it and we'll just be fun, you know. And right about the time I started doing that, COVID hit. And then like lots of people were interested in doing things online and doing lives and stuff because we couldn't go anywhere. Right. And so it, it was something that seemed pretty well received. People were watching them and. And, uh, and so then I started doing one, one a week, like, kind of like, oh, well, let's just kind of work this into. And then I thought, you know, I had no idea, Tasha, like, how does somebody record something? And then it ends up in your phone. Like, I'm like, how does that even work? I had no <laughs> idea, but I just started like, you know, watching YouTube videos or whatever. And I thought, I think I could drop the audio of these Facebook lives. And, you know, anyway, so I just started dropping the audio and they started getting sort of, I didn't know how to edit a thing. Like I just literally dropped, I didn't have any music. I didn't have an intro. I didn't know how to do any of that, you know, um, but I just dropped these raw <laughs> conversations and, and I think dropping the raw conversations kind of set the tone. Cause I've gotten better now. I do have some music and I do have intros and outros and I put little sound effects sometimes, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And, but I think there's been this beauty of those raw conversations. Yep that we have a few talking points like you and I are doing, you know, we have a few talking points, but really we're talking about the faithfulness of God in our lives. And, and it, you know, that, and so I just say, I've kind of like, I got into it on accident, stumbled my way in the right direction and then had a show. <laughs> I love that. And, and I, and that resonates with me too, because I was all about the school of YouTube. But I mean, that oh, was, you my- can learn almost anything there. <laughs> you can learn anything. <laughs> that, that was my university too, because that's when I yeah. started um, at very much like you. I actually yeah. started it during the worst part of my life, but I, I didn't want my suffering to be in vain, but mm-hmm. I was like, how do I, how do I do this editing thing? I don't oh. know. I mean, 
And and it's kind of funny that you said that because this month I had taken some time off because I'm writing a book and I took some time off and I'm running earlier episodes of when I first started. Love it. Show people you got to start somewhere. If it sounds perfect, you waited too long to start. Mm, Oh, that's good advice. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know what? I have never gone back and redone anything with my, even my cover art and the graphics on the earlier ones. I'm like, Ooh, those were pretty, you know, you didn't know much about Canva in those days, Ange, Uh, you know, but I just have left it there because kind of the same reason. Cause I thought, you know, for someone starting, I I hope they listen to those early ones sometimes to be like, wow, she's improved a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I feel. And Mm -hmm. I even put that in there. Hey guys, just so you know, taking this month off, this is what I did when I first started. Yeah, And it's, but I love seeing that growth. And as a perfectionist, I'm like, oh man, do I want to do this? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I need to do this. Yes. Right. Because you got to start somewhere and hopefully right. this inspires someone to start as well. So I completely I love that. that. If it sounds perfect, you waited too long to start. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I can't, I can't remember. I can't take credit for that. I can't remember one of my, uh, I think one of my guests had said that and I can't mm-hmm. remember who it was, but it resonated with me because, and it was a conversation we had offline, but I was just like, wow, that's good. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean that you can apply that to so many things. So many things. Yeah, really. Uh, And especially those of us who are kind of ambitious type A perfectionist, you know, we can, we can miss out on learning and sharing and, you know, lots of things. I mean, even in your book writing, if this, if this is the first book you've written, I mean, you know, there's so, I look at the first things that I've written and I'm like, oh, there's good stuff in here. I would do things differently now, but it's Mm -hmm. good, you know, and it's really a reflection of where you were at the time, both professionally in terms of writing or whatever, but also spiritually, you know? So, uh, yeah. 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 So, Throughout your entire podcast that you've had so far, what stories have impacted you the most? Yeah, the tagline of the podcast is where God's hard truth meets your hard story. And so I think because of that, the women, especially, and and I have men on sometimes too, but I'm thinking of three women stand out to me a lot of interviews that were women who had gone through something or were going through something really, really challenging, pretty devastating, really, that really rocked their world. And yet with such beautiful articulation. They were able to communicate what they knew about God from studying the Bible and how they could see his faithfulness in their story. And so I think about, there's a woman, Lisa Apollo. She lost her husband suddenly. Um, She had eight children, I think, and um, was a young widow. And, uh, and she talks, but she talked about how in those early days after her husband died, she would go into her to have Mm -hmm. some quiet, she would go into her garage and sit in the minivan and she would use her husband's Bible and his journal kind of picked up where he was in her, in his study and began to meet the Lord in her minivan and how he got her through those early days and months of grief. I think about a woman named Leanna Tinkersley, who was on talking about an unexpected divorce and how she had kids also, and how, how hard that was for her in those moments, but then how she was able to see God here and see God here. And I see God here and you know how he took her through. And there was another woman by the name of Allison Daniels who has dealt with years of infertility and, um, and she came from a past of abuse, but how she, like her Bible verse that she used was that you are good and you do good. I mean, that's her praise back to the Lord, you know? And as I, I just am so 
inspired and encouraged and moved by these women who will tell their stories for our benefit and for the glory of God and say, this is the really painful part of my life that doesn't change. My husband's still gone or my divorce is still final or I still don't have a baby. And yet God in his faithfulness is so good to me. And those are the stories, Tasha, that just stay with me. Yeah, I can see that. I see yeah. that. And wow. I, I I appreciate you sharing the stories that impacted you the most because mm-hmm. sometimes I don't know about you, sometimes emotions come up when you think about certain stories. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I absolutely yeah. So do you have a favorite Bible verse that motivates you? Mm. down or have lots of them, but I will settle on one. So I thought I would just share the anchor verse for the ministry is Psalm 40 verse two, the second part of it, where it says he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. That's the anchor verse for steady on. And I think that that verse is so, it's really Psalm 41 through three are kind of my life verses, if you will. But that particular statement in the middle of those verses is so powerful to me because partly because of my past abuse and trauma, I can be easily triggered and I can feel very emotional or I can feel like I'm not healing or I'm not well, or I'm not handling life well. And that creates a very like unsteadiness for me, Uh, a question myself. I doubt myself. Um, I doubt that I have something worth to offer. I'm too much either because I'm too much on one side, like I'm too much, I take up too much space or I'm too much because I'm too meaty and too broken. Right. And these lies that the enemy tells. And, and I, there's something powerful about, I can just imagine that verse. And I just think about the Lord's like steady hand, like on the small of my back, just not letting me teeter too far. Do you know what I mean? Like, and just, and he's like, and actually the, as I walked along is so important because it's like, I just keep walking you put one foot in front of the other and you count on the fact that when you get a little off balance, he's right there to steady you. And so, uh, and so that's really the, the anchor verse of my life and of the ministry and what I'm trying to communicate that when we walk with him, the world will try to tip us one way or another, the world will keep us off balance. Right. But his hand, his presence will be the steady, the steadiness we need so that we can keep moving forward. I love that. I Me love. too. And I, and, and <laughs> I need it. Thinking of the imagery yeah. that you just created with mm-hmm. that verse as well. I mm-hmm. never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you for that. Appreciate yeah. that. So what strategies do you use to encourage spiritual growth among your family and friends? I'm, I'm sure they they all listen to the Steady On podcast, but what else outside of that? <laughs> uh, I don't know that they all do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should, all right? <laughs> Uh, I I hope that the influence is really more in who I'm able to be in this season of my life rather than what I do. I guess, Tasha, mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of years really under a heavy weight of shame. And I won't say that I never cuddle up with it, but I don't cuddle up with it very often anymore at all. Mm-hmm. And I, and that is because I know him through his word and Bible study is so important to me. And if I, I want with every breath that I have to just say the word is alive and it is true and it will speak to your circumstances because I, I know this, I'll, I'll borrow from Beth Moore. I'm living proof that it does, right? Like, you know, um, because I could not have experienced this kind of healing. I'm all for 
therapists and trained therapists, and I've been in therapy lots, uh, but I know that there's healing when we know who God says he is and when we know who he says we are in him and we can align our thinking with the, that truth, those statements, we can walk steadily, I, you know, and I, I hope that the encouragement that I offer is in the joy that I have in this season of my life is in the peace that I have, not perfectly, not every day, not, you know, certainly the world throws things at me and the enemy is a deceiver and he tempts me to believe things that aren't true with more frequently than I, than I want. However, you know, um, I know from some, some of like the closest relationships that I'm in that people can see the change. And so that's what I, even though I wish I was better earlier in my life, right. Uh, the the testimony, all. right. The testimony <laughs> is, yeah, you know, this is what I know now. And yeah. Yeah, love that. If you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Uh, I so ask my, all of my guests this. Oh, uh, well, I have a word for the year and a verse for the year. So my word for the year has been stand. And my verse of the mm-hmm. year is Second Chronicles 2017a, which says, The battle is not for you to fight. Take your position, stand still, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I the Lord put that impressed that word for this year on my heart last fall. Actually, I knew for a couple of months, I'm like, stand is going to be my word next year. Okay. What is this? And I sort of mistakenly thought that this was going to be a year. Oh, this will make me emotional that this was going to be a year where the Lord was like, actually, I'm, I don't want you to need my steadiness as much, right? I want you to be able to be steadier on your own. Like I thought, okay, we're going to learn skills so that we can stand more firm and not be quite so I don't know, dependent, needy or something. And oh my goodness, in these months that I've been studying this and sitting with this, I've learned the exact opposite, that actually it is the need for the Lord that keeps me steady. It's the dependence on the Lord that keeps me steady. It's the surrender to the Lord that keeps me steady. And so even, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, even the pruning, even the nose, even some of those things that I have to wrestle with day in and day out, Really, the only thing that matters is if I'm surrendering to what he's calling me to do. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. And I make other things matter all the time. But really, he over and over again has said to stand firm, to walk steady. It's really about dependence and surrender. It's not about anything you need to learn inside yourself. It's not not that those things are bad, but there's not like some kind of education you need. You don't need to, uh, you know, create this pattern in your mind. So you X, Y, Z, you know, one, two, three, or what really, when you feel unsteady, the only thing you need to do is say, I'm trying to walk in my own strength and I need to walk in yours. Ooh. I, I love that so much. And I actually needed to hear that. So mm. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'm yes. learning it. I'm learning yeah. it. It's, it's I... good. It's been a good thing to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I'm sure you're probably like, can I get like the cliff notes version of the learning <laughs> process? Do we need the whole like, year? I don't know about you, but I, I, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm like, like, we're only like right now in the beginning of September almost. I'm like, okay, goodness sakes. I still have lots to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same way. I'm like, oh, there's lots of the year left, point. really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Last but not least, what is the best piece of advice you have for women who wish to live steady on? At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I it is just get in the word and fiercely protect that time in the word. And 
I, if you, if you aren't in the word, I really encourage you. I was saying to somebody else the other day, I'm like, think of it like a couch to 5k. Didn't we used to do that? Right. If somebody, if somebody oh, wasn't yeah. a runner at all, right. Yes. Think of it like, it's okay. Like think of Bible study, <laughs> do a couch to 5k Bible study. Start with five minutes a day, just do five minutes a day um, for the first week or something, and then go to seven minutes a day or something. And don't, you don't need to time yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But just sure. like, if you're like, I don't know, it's like tithing or something. If you're not tithing at all, you're probably not going to give 10, immediately give 10% of your income or something, right? You're going to start in these small increments. And so if you're, if, if your Bible is dusty, or if you if you're believing the lies that you don't know enough to get in there or it's not for you or any of those things, just start five minutes a day, start your day with it, read it while you drink your coffee, whatever. And I promise you, I am certain of this fact. You give him a little bit of time and pretty soon you're not going to need to up your time for like discipline or something. You're going to need more of it for yourself. You're going to be like, okay, five minutes is not enough for me. Right. And you're going to want a little bit more and a little bit more. And and that's it. That's the answer. Uh, that is the answer. Protect. If you need accountability, get in a group. If you start a Bible study, you don't like it, find another one. Use a Bible plan. Don't use a Bible plan. Just keep yeah. trying things until you find the the thing that works for you because he will honor your time that you give him in the word. Yeah. And I'm definitely proof of that because mm-hmm. I used to be like, I used to have all these different distractions that's what it is distractions yes they're the worst you from the word Mm -hmm. and then I started I'm like you know what to me I had so many things falling apart and I'm like wait a minute yeah we got to go back to the basics yeah exactly Mm -hmm. but going back to the basics placed me in a better position to figure out what was going on yeah and freed up my schedule from a lot of stuff that I thought I had to do so yeah I and here's Here's a little tip for our type A friends, right? Because that's who's listening today. A lot of people Um, (laughs) keep a little notebook or some sticky notes with your Bible. And when you think of that thing that you need to get up and do, or when you think of that thing that you can't forget to do today or whatever, jot that down on that sticky note and then go back to the word. And I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, I need to text so-and-so. And then, and then when I get up, I take that sticky note off and I put it on my desk or whatever. Right. But, but it, those distractions can just, you, you, it's hard to concentrate if you're like, I don't want to forget that. Or now I'm thinking Mm -hmm. I'm on this rabbit trail or whatever. And I'm like, just keep that little sticky note thing, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. No (laughs) sticky notes with your Bible, (laughs) write down the things that you're like, I have to remember this later and then go back to your Bible study because it will, it will be there when you're done. (laughs) It's true. And you know what? And I'm that type of person because I actually have a little journal that I keep. Same. So I've got, you know, I've got like my Bible, then I've got the, the, the journal that I am putting my notes in, but I also have the other journal of my to-do list because I know something's going to pop up. Exactly. And it's always during the most inconvenient time. That's right. So I I agree with that. (laughs) Well, Angie, I so thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you coming on to the show. If other folks want to connect with you, how can they go about doing so? Yeah. So my website's probably the best place. It's livesteadyon.com. And I have some freebies there. I have the masterclass for my Bible study method. So if you want a a way to get into the word or a fresh way to get into the word, I encourage you to check that out. But that's, yeah, livesteadyon.com. Oh my goodness. It's been such a blessing to have you on the show. I really appreciate you you coming on so much, Angie. It's been a joy. I love talking with you, Tasha. Anytime. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. For more of our conversation, stick around for Behind the Scenes. 
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle & Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, then risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode. So, okay. Angie, I, I know you were alluding to um, a, ver- a variety of different situations that you've been in uh, that have prompted you to be more cognizant and empathetic to others. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about your story if you feel comfortable sharing it. Absolutely. It's a joy to share it now. For a long time, I didn't share it, Tasha, as I said, but now that the Lord has really freed me from the shame of it, it is a joy to share it because it. I believe it points to how he can heal us and how, well, I know it does. I don't even believe it does and how he's faithful in our, in our painful places. So I I usually start with the car crash in the summer of 2010, our family of four was in a head on car crash. There was a man that fell asleep on, um, as he was driving across the center line and hit our, hit our minivan head on. And, um, my older son was six and my younger son was seven months. My older son was airlifted from the scene and, um, and he had severe injuries. He had a concussion. Both his arms were broken. I was transported to another hospital with a concussion, multiple broken bones. He and I would go through eight surgeries over the next few weeks. And then of course, a lot of physical therapy. I was in rehab for nine months. When I got home from the hospital, I didn't move from wheelchair to bed. I didn't bathe myself. I didn't cut my own food. Alex's, both his arms were broken. He didn't roll over by himself in the night. He didn't eat by himself. He couldn't, we, you know, we didn't shower. I didn't drive for a long time. It was a really, really dark place physically for us and for our family. Um, Fortunately, my husband had minor energy injuries that were uh, treated and released. And then the baby, he had minor injuries And he actually, though, because of the needs in our household, had to go live with my mother for a while. So that was really difficult at seven months to lose, lose my child for a season because I just couldn't take care of myself. We had to have round the, Alex had to have a full time caregiver. I had to have a full time caregiver. And uh, like I said, it was just a really dark place for quite a while. In that season of darkness, though, I remember one specific evening when I was listening to some music and a song came on. And in that song, it was Born Born Again by Third Day. I always like to shout out the song. um, And in that song, I felt and heard an invitation, not with my ears, but in my heart, because I was dealing with a lot of anger. Um, I was someone who kept a lot of balls in the air. I kept a lot of plates spinning. I was in a situation where I couldn't take care of myself, my children, I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything. And all those things I felt like just came crashing down. And I felt like my life was just in ruins. And I didn't know how long it would be that way or how I would get it back. And I just kept crying out, I just want my life back. I just want my life back. And as I listened to that song, I heard this invitation from the Lord. Because the the chorus says, feels like I'm born again, feels like I'm living for the very first time, for the very first time in my life. And I felt the Lord say, you know, Angie, you you look upon what's happened here and you see everything you've lost. And there's so much that you have lost. And so I'm not going to argue with that about, you know, with you about that at all. But I, the Lord God who loves you, would love to not give you your life back. I would like to give you a life that I long for you to have. 
And I just remember feeling like he was inviting me to like, let's not look back at where you, not because where I was, was bad, but where I was, was hiding and not proud of my story and carrying so much shame and trying to use productivity. And I'm still a very productive woman, but I was trying to use productivity to earn my worth because of the abuse and trauma in my background. And what he was saying was, might we go on a journey where you will believe that you are valuable because of who you are and who you are in me, not because of what you produce, not because of what you contribute to the world. And so he really took me all the way back to my childhood. When I was 16, I was groomed and seduced into a romantic relationship with one of the high school teachers. And the relationship lasted about nine months. And then when it became public, it became very public because uh, it was the Department of Children and Family Services was involved. The state Mm -hmm. police was involved. There was a board investigation from the school. And what I've learned now and didn't know then, Tasha, was that when a groomer, when a predator grooms a, a victim, and I was the the last at that school anyway, in a long line, he had about one a year, sometimes two a year um, that had been going on for years. But a predator not only grooms his victims, and I say his because that's it's not always him, but that's the way it was with me, but he grooms the community or the organization in which he's uh, involved. And so oftentimes around a predator, and you see this in churches, organizations, schools, all over the place, when there's a predator, there are also people around him who are protecting him or covering for him because they have been groomed as well in that. And that small in that small community, he was a beloved teacher. And when I decided to come forward with my story with evidence and testimony and stuff, that community rallied in support of him. And they worked to discredit me. And there were meetings. Uh, people left mm-hmm. notes in my locker at school. I was very isolated. Of course, I was already isolated by that point anyway, because that's when an abuser does. But uh, there were meetings of support where people would read letters of support. They held signs up. They clapped and cheered. And then I was to like give testimony, you know, to the board. And it was the darkest time of my life thus far. And I've been through some hard things. But the rejection in a place where I didn't anticipate the rejection was really, really tough. And then I graduated from high school, left, went to college, was pretty much separated from my family. My family didn't then and doesn't still speak of it. And that's it's been 30 years or more since mm-hmm. that happened. And I just carried this responsibility and this shame. And what I had learned to do, um, what I learned to do pretty quickly after the first couple of years when the, when the brokenness, because those first couple of years of darkness, like that was hard. I made some really poor life decisions, considered hurting myself mm-hmm. and, um, and then eventually began slowly to, to to put my life in some kind of order. But what I learned, and I didn't mean to learn this, but I did, was that I am not valuable for who I am. So I will be valuable for what I do. And what the car crash did all those years later, when I couldn't do anything, was bring me to this crossroads of, actually, can we go back to the beginning And can we remember that when I called you in relationship with me through my grace, you offered me nothing, right? And it's still nothing from you that I require in order to love you. But that was several years, Tasha, of learning to love him and feel his love for me in a whole new way that replaced that shame and that need to produce Something which I fall back into out of old habit, unfortunately, you know, all the time, but I know better now and I'm learning all the time with time to continue to know better. So that's a very long answer to your question. Thank you for letting me share some pieces of my story. 
I, I, I do appreciate that, Angie. I, I, again, I was so on the fence because I, I do a lot of interviews and I wanted to follow up so yeah. badly, but yeah. when it comes to trauma survivors, yeah. I'm yes. very cognizant. I appreciate that. that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, yeah. Yeah, but I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, no, I, it I, is I, my I, pleasure. I, yeah, I use use much. any of it that works for for the interview for your listeners because I, I do it. think a lot of times that we don't do this, and I think a lot of times our productivity or our need to hustle. Like I love your concept of hustle and faith. I think it's so good. We always have to hold our hustle to his plan, right? And so, and yeah. so much of my hustle has been about proving myself. And now I'm like, oh, but now my hustle can be about, um, can be about a rhythm of, and I'm sure you have a way to say this better than I can right now, but it can be a rhythm of obedience because sometimes you call us to great things and I'm not going to back down from the great things you've called me to. And sometimes that takes some hustle, right? It does. But, it does. but not hustle so that I'm worthy, but hustle so that. I accept the invitation to partner with you in your work. Yeah, it's exactly. a totally different, totally different motivation. Yeah, exactly. I'm all about making sure that we're aligned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it's in vain. Yeah. And I've, I've yeah. I'm living proof of that. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. 